From the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the Jack and Spike Show. Welcome back to the Jack and Spike Show. Surrounding states have legalized marijuana, but Idaho is going in the opposite direction. It's like there's a new idea for a don't tread on me license plate, which is kind of defeats the purpose of... Because if I don't tread on me, but I have to have a license plate, it's mandatory. <laughs> Doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. A little unusual. But you know, it's not unusual... Mr. John Curley. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Hello. Uh, hello. John, are you well today, my friend? I am fit as a fiddle and right as rain. Do you have any more axioms for us? That's about it. Okay, good. Got Looks a little happy tune, are you, my friend? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, John, I was curious, could you explain Bidenomics to us? Because the stock market is <laughs> doing really well, and you got the NVIDIA shares are up, and oh, crazy. Biden is talking about how great the stock market is. Record days, consecutive record yeah, yeah. days. Let's so, hate the rich some more. So in 2005, you put $1,000 <laughs> down on NVIDIA. Guess how much you'd have right now? Oh, I don't know, John. I'm not good with math. Four hundred and thirteen dollars. No, thousand. Yep. Four hundred thirteen. Wow. Oh wow. Okay. That's a thousand dollars in two thousand five. Right. Yeah, but I don't care so about I bought this. this. I, I bought this guitar. I care about it's not worth four hundred thousand dollars today. <laughs> anyway, no. Bidenomics, Bidenomics has nothing to do with the stock market. The stock market. People want to put their money where they think it's going to go. For the longest time, people were holding back. They didn't know where to stick it, so they were sliding in a whole bunch of different things. They're buying gold, or they're buying cars, or whatever they could do. They buy. They didn't want to buy real estate because mortgage rates were so high. So you want to put your money somewhere. They're buying mm. bonds for a while, and then they realize, oh, let's go back in. Now that we know that the Fed is going to hold things where they are, let's get back into the stock market. Most of these stocks are way overvalued. You look at how much money they earn, how many shares are available, and they're. That's overvalued by almost like a hundred and some percent, hundred and eighty some percent in some of these big ones. So that one's worth. There's just nothing underneath it. You're producing this amount of revenue, you get this amount of profit, and people just keep buying and buying and buying. But underneath it, there's nothing under there. So then there's an adjustment, and boom, drops back down again. So they go up and go down. So but, but people are just getting in because this. Oh, get in, get in, get in. So they're buying mid caps and larger stocks and things, and just trying to find fast growth somewhere. So but what is Bidenomics? Because I—that's the thing. I don't know. <laughs> Nobody knows what it is. <laughs> they tried it for a while. It's like oh, we're going to take a big portion of the federal government and we're going to just sprinkle it over top of a whole bunch of different industries. Yeah, we're going to well, send it back to everybody. That's good though, right? Because you're when you say infrastructure, you're hiring people to do infrastructure work. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. isn't, isn't that money that's going directly into the economy, right? How long does it take from the time the project is, you know, passed? I Like, for instance, take sound transit. In most times, whenever there is an infrastructure project that needs to be done in a state, let's say a state, it takes almost four and a half years for the dirt to be turned. So they get the initial numbers in place. It's going to cost, I don't know, $100 billion to build the bridge. Because of all of the permitting and all the slow process of everything, it takes at least four to five years to finally have them be doing construction on it. So you said it was going to be $100 billion. By the time you get to the actual construction, the prices are way out, over top, and it just took so long. It's so slow. And when Biden wants to spend $1.9 trillion through, uh, you know, infrastructure, by time somebody finally sees that money going somewhere, it could be seven to eight years away. 
Yeah, well, I mean, in some cases, sure, but I mean, those factories are going up. The the the, the chip, chip, chip manufacturing, yeah. those are already being built. Right? I see a lot of Republicans sure. standing in front of new bridge projects, taking credit for it. Yeah, I mean, that money's they're, they're they, turning shovels there. Yeah, yeah. There was that ad actually where that one guy who's running, I, forget, I think it's in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. He 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 said, "This is the guy who look. This is Representative so and so. This is him at this ribbon cutting. This is him at this ribbon yeah. cutting. I'm bringing money and jobs right. into our community. And then, and then he goes, yeah. and this is his vote against those funds." Right. And you know what I mean, John? So a lot of this stuff, I think, that happens is there's a lot of people who say, we don't want to spend any of this government money. And then they show up to when that bridge goes up or they show up to when that factory gets built and they go, what an amazing investment in America. Right. I know. I know. I hate it. Yeah. I just everybody always says, you know, this is Biden's economy or whatever. Or they say this is Bidenomics. And I just realized I've never heard anybody ever give me a good definition of Bidenomics other than the the, the stickers that point at a gas tank and say, I did, I did this. Right. I don't, right, but, right. like, if but you, it just generally, it's just taking more money, the federal government taking more money, using more money and injecting more money into the economy. So if I, if you take 100% of the money that's moving through the economy, 66, normally 66% of it is responsible, is the consumer spending. When you get the government stepping in and taking a bigger portion of what we generate and then spending it on special projects, giving it to green energy, giving it to this, giving it to that, it's absorbing more of the revenue that's created by United States workers and then sending it out out to certain areas you know like big spending that happens during the war where all of a sudden just the how much money the government's taking in order for war effort goes sky high right because yeah. we got to build tanks and everything else and then it drops back down again it goes back up again but they're taking a greater percentage of the gdp and spending it on government projects as opposed to just having it available in the market for people to invest where they'd like to invest it all right. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Curl. That was a great economic lesson, my friend. Well, he asked me, you know, it's called the miserable science for a reason. I mean, talk about Bidenomics. Good Lord. Well, I'd rather talk about Idaho not having marijuana. Well, that. I and say also, bring your own. Yeah, That's I what say, I say. I say bring your own. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought that this senator proposing the bill to create a "Don't Tread on Me" license plate is just yeah. li- is just so ironic. It's it is the the poetic irony of this. It is, is, is saying it? I have rights. The don't tread on me idea was that I am a free being entity, mm-hmm, and right. if you attempt to step on me, I shall lash back. If, you, if the boot of government comes down on me, I'll sh- I shall strike at you like a viper, right? And mm. now what we're going to do is we're going to take that idea and that license plate that we force you to get with the insurance that we force you to get. <laughs> the sticker. Mm-hmm. And the sticker. The registration sticker. Then yeah. the, v, the, the VN number or whatever it is so that you're, we can find out your car, right, your vehicle's identification number, your VIN number. That's mandatory on all vehicles in the United States. But don't tread on me. Am I right or am I right? Right. I, but this, but don't forget it's on your license plate. That's the state. Idaho is sort of an outlier compared to some of the other blue states, and it's it's definitely a red state. And they're like, maybe they're saying, don't tread on me being the federal government. Don't tread on me. Don't come in here and tell me how to, you know, how to have reproductive rights. Don't tell me about, you know, sanctuary cities. It might be the last stand of Idaho. You know, 187 people every single day move to Idaho and every single day, 130 people move out of Idaho. So Idaho, I've got a lot of friends there that have lived there for a long time. They don't like what's happening in Idaho and they are leaving and going somewhere else because they don't want to see people from California and Washington coming to their state and ruining their state. That's how the do way they you, how do you look ru- at it. How do you ruin a state? Well, let's look at um, New York or California. California is a Those, great state. In what regard? It's beautiful. Got lovely beaches. It is. It's beautiful the, women. Yeah, it does. Wonderful yep. food, great culture. 
Mm-hmm. They cleaned up, cleaned up the deficit since uh, they got uh, Republican out of, out of governorship, too. It, 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 that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. High, highest income tax in all the land. Now, that's a nightmare. 13% income tax, that mm. is a literal nightmare. But, you know, California... Why are so many people, because it's the one state, that and New York and Illinois are the states that have a, a net uh, migration. More people leave. Why is it so great if so many people are leaving? I, well, I actually looked into that data, though, John. And the weird thing is, is that it's like circular, right? Like it's this kind of thing where people are going into the state and they're also leaving the state at the same time. So you the, have the, richer people leaving. There, that's the problem. There was that great exodus during COVID. And then all of a sudden, all these people who moved to New Mexico or Arizona or Texas, all of a sudden, now that COVID is over and they think to themselves, man, I really do miss the 30 or that 13 percent income tax i guess i'm back yeah. i don't know what to do with all this free cash right I don't exactly know what to do. no i just think i just think john and correct me if i'm wrong if you think i'm wrong about this but uh, the, the the whole hyperbolic that state is ruined that city is ruined that language doesn't do it for me anymore because when you actually go there there are very few places that are actually ruined what i say that about san francisco parts of it yeah but as a whole, no. Would I say that about any other st- – are there parts of New York that are awful? Yeah, absolutely. There are other parts that are beautiful and amazing. So it's this kind of thing – yeah. But the greatest form of democracy is not with your hand on a, on a pen. It is the shoes on your feet. You leave because you don't want to live there. So 750,000 rich people, rich being the top 10% of wage earners, have left California. Mm -hmm. They're going somewhere else because they don't like – and they can leave. New York's the same thing. People leave New York and go somewhere else because they don't like the taxes. They don't like the crime. You leave. You vote with your feet. There's a reason 180 people every single day move to Idaho because they like what's happening in Idaho. If you – People go to a restaurant because the food is good, the service is great, the atmosphere is great. They go there. They don't go to the restaurants that don't serve them for what they want. Mm -hmm. The same thing with states. People leave if they don't like the state. The people, the influx into California is not the rich. It's the people that are coming to look and live off of the rich in order to have the taxes paid to them so they can have free this and free that and free this and free that. Just look at the numbers, where people want to go. That's the greatest determiner as to whether or not something is good or not. I I thought it was because of all the universities that are in – because generally there's this – The tech industry. Yeah, tech industry, and then a lot of them are located around universities. Well, what both of you are saying has truth in in it. There's some truth in both of your statements. I'm more right than John. (laughs) That's right. That's your show. You'd be absolutely 100% Can we get back to why I can't buy pot in Idaho? Yeah, we can talk about it. What the hell? Yeah, so in Idaho, it's still illegal, and uh, there's this idea that there's going to be a fine that's for $420 now when you get caught with marijuana. 420 mm-hmm. That's good. It's a good little that's meme good. there. That's good. I like how they so, do that. But here's the other thing, John. They say don't tread on me, right? But then they also say, but you can't ingest this plant that grows out of the ground that's fairly innocuous, right? That's pretty harsh. That doesn't seem like don't tread on me. That sounds like tread on me. Yeah? Um. Well, for the I don't agree with. I think prohibition of any drug is a bad idea. But Idaho has decided they're going to build the big wall, and they they just don't want any drugs whatsoever. They just passed. It's going to make its way. I'm sure the the governor will put it in place. Idaho just passed uh, vetoing the unanimous legalization of the fentanyl test strips. They also are going to put you in jail for fentanyl. They're going to crack down hard on all this stuff. They just see maybe it's foolish enough. Oh, marijuana is the gateway drug, but they just they decided nope, no drugs whatsoever. So no marijuana, no fentanyl, nothing, nothing. Stop it. I, I think it's dumb. People can go somewhere else, and I don't think necessarily you know 
the state of Washington cares at all about us uh, smoking marijuana. They just like to take all the taxes from us. If they really wanted to get rid of the black market in Washington, they would drop that tax from 48% down to like 12%. So yeah. the guys that are selling it you know, can't compete. But the government wants you to smoke pot so that they can take the money. <laughs> so maybe they should change the license plate in Idaho to a slug. That says, "Please step on me." Right, right. That's ours. That's, we got, I think we're posting that one over here. That's a Washington, the big slug. I just, you know, I, I think there's this really weird thing, John, and I don't know if you see this either, but there's this weird kind of dichotomy with a lot of red states where they say, you know, we come here and we'll give you your freedom, but the freedom that we deem to be permissible. It's right, it's right. very contradictory in a lot of ways. And so when I look at, you know, when I look at the stats on Washington, highest median income in the country. When you look at the number of people who are actually moving here, the amount of uh, uh, Gen Zers and millennials who are now buying houses mm-hmm. in the area who are making an yep. unbelievable amount of money. These are yeah. all uh, markers of economic growth and development, not necessarily that it's being ruined and dying, right? Well, I'm, again, you can look at the numbers. How many people are moving into Seattle, moving out of Seattle? Seattle has lost, what, 46,000 people in the last year or something like that from the FYI guy. I think that was a number. Yeah, people, again, just look. It's as simple as a restaurant or a store. If people don't like it, they're not going to go there. And if they're there and they don't like it, they leave. Um, I, well, I, think a, wa- I think a lot of people that are leaving, not are, some are leaving because they don't like it. You're right. It's based in truth. But a lot mm. of people are leaving because they've done their time. They've, done, they've earned their living. They've got their retirement. Their dollar goes further in Idaho or, oh, or Arizona, yeah, 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 right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, become yeah. so unaffordable here in Washington. I and mean, we got to talk why? about all the growth. But why? Why is it unaffordable? Because people want to be here for the economic opportunities. And when people is, move here for Amazon or Google or Or whatever, the marijuana. Or the marijuana. They buy homes <laughs> or they rent apartments and they price a lot of people out. Yeah. But, the reason, no, the reason their houses are so expensive is because it's so difficult to build a house. Seattle has 85% of the Seattle area. You can't do multiple dwellings. You can't put a duplex in because uh, the hippy-dippy folks that have been in Greenwood <laughs> for the last you know 50 years and love their little community and have that sign out front that, oh, we believe in science and all that other crap, they don't want a duplex next to them. Oh, oh, oh no, we're all That's, for affordable uh, housing, yeah. but somewhere else. Well, the, so the, yeah, the NIMBY so is the, the state bird of Washington. I'll give you that. So Right. So you look at how the zoning is all set up. They're like, <laughs> well, we'd like to put some, oh, no, 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 85% of the area. Oh, no, no. We believe in, you know, free Science. housing for somebody else somewhere else so you know go away and that's part of the problem that's why it's so expensive because nobody wants to build because it's too expensive and anybody that's a landlord or wants to develop it's not going to develop in seattle why should i put an apartment building in where they're going to tell me what i can pay for what i can charge for rent and who i have to rent to i'll go with my money somewhere else where i can make more money and i'll build more houses so are you against the seven percent cap and rent increase that's going to absolutely get- look what's happened in portland and oregon why are you determining what the value of that home is? You're only going to cause more people to not build. And if they can't build, then you have a decreased supply, increased demand. The prices go up. They're slitting their own throats with that thing. I will say that John Curley is, is a comedic genius in the sense that there are some oh. people have punchlines, but John sometimes can say something that is the delivery of it is just funny. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Where oh, it's yeah, just yeah. the. Oh, I'm it's, still here. I, I can still hear you guys. No, I know. <laughs> But John, like the, one of the, this is one of the things I love about you is that sometimes just the cadence of your voice is so comedically sharp that it just cracks me up. And when you said <laughs> the sign out front there, science and other crap. <laughs> I believe in science and other crap. <laughs>
I, 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 I mean, I know. Yeah, Black Lives Matter. <laughs> we believe in science. Love is love. <laughs> this house is oh, all about equality you? and inclusion oh, and oh, diversity. Yeah. Do you really, really? Yeah, but you don't believe? build a duplex in my backyard. <laughs> no Whatever you yeah. do, I'm all for equality, but not in my neighborhood. Yeah, right. Yeah. I hear you, brother. The hypocrisy does uh, ring man. a lot of fun. Oh, John, yeah. what do you, got, you got any plans out there at the old Barn Dominium this weekend? You canceled. I'm leaving. I'm going to Reno to do an auction in Reno. Are you really? Good yeah. for you, man. John, yeah. when, when is Slow Joe and I getting the invite to go out there and hang out with you? Well, you, Slow Joe screwed it all up because he forgot about something you're supposed to go to. We were supposed to have our big uh, jam session on Saturday, but he I know. canceled. So we'll find another one. We've well, got some more coming up. Got to go hang out with my good buddy, John, and eat all of his expensive food. Thank you, man. Mr. Curly, we Thank appreciate you, your time. Come on out to the club. <laughs> freedom out here. Uh, yeah, freedom. freedom. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes. Mr. Curly, you he can hear. He snails himself. Did you know that? I did know that. Yeah, they're good. You can hear Mr. Curly every day from 3 to 7 right here on Cairo Radio. And John is a truly a lovely human being who I call every weekend and complain at. And he listens to me, which is the marker of a true friend, if I've ever heard one. Yep. Right? So friends are for it. All right. Dion Warwick. Uh, we shall take a really quick break when we get back. I'm still cracking up about it. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. That's great. That was great. And and the the beauty of John is that he is a passionate (laughs) man who believes what he says. Yes, that's very, very true in all cases. Speaking of people who believe in what they say, the Washington School Board bill forcing districts to teach inclusive history lessons. A lot of people are not happy about this. A lot of people are not pleased about this. But let's talk about inclusivity and all that other stuff that people seem to care about when we get back (laughs) right after this. Clarkson, man, the production on this record is so good. So, inclusivity. Washington School Board is blasting a bill forcing districts to teach inclusive history lessons. This is in Kennewick, right, Spike? This is some very upset people. The Kennewick School District School Board passed its resolution Tuesday claiming that the legislation subverts the authority of elected board members. Right. Said that they were not going to be uh, doing the sexual agenda, subverting the vote of the local community. Basically. Right. They, they want local control. They're one of three school districts in the state of Washington that are opposed to this diversity and equity inclusion type uh, yeah but they're not it's not it's not they're not really against diversity and they're not really against inclusivity it's it's mostly about gay people and trans people right we can be let's i think we can all be honest about this there and i wish that more people were both both people who are uh in favor of this and people who are against this um we're we're talking about gay people and trans people yeah in fact kind of school board said the the sexual agendas and politics exactly So that there are adults out there who are made deeply uncomfortable by gay people and trans people, mm-hmm. and they don't necessarily feel like they want to talk to their kids about it. And here's the thing. If they just said that, I know that a lot of people are worried about being called bigots or whatever, mm-hmm. but I would have a lot more respect for somebody if they just said, it makes me uncomfortable, I don't understand it, and I don't want to talk to my kids about it. And do they then, as parents, have the right to say, I don't want the school to talk to my kids about it either? That's that's what this is kind of all about. Yeah, I mean, it, it's the kind of thing where, where I, when I think about it, that the gayness or transness is kind of part of the the fabric of the history of the United States. And unfortunately, what we've done is we've subverted a lot of that history because it's incredibly complicated and a lot of it is incredibly difficult to to try to navigate. As an example, Harvey Milk, 
He's a very complicated figure. Yeah. I think he, when he met his partner, he was in his mid-30s. Uh, his lifelong partner was 16 when they met, right? Now, this is something that was frowned upon immensely today, and today we would call it predatory. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. difficult for people to navigate that. I'll give you another example. Christine Jorgensen, are you familiar with? Uh, I'm not. She was a trans woman in World War II. She served in the United States Army and was actually was worried about actually getting into the military because okay. she was worried that they would think that she was a homosexual. Okay. So, <laughs> so she tried to make herself more masculine. And then when she got out of the service in the 1950s, she was one of the first Americans to undergo sex reassignment surgery. Okay. And there was actually a, an article that was written about her. It's actually kind of cute. It says G.I. Joe to G.I. Jane. And it's how this United States military – and she's actually – if you look at this, she's actually in the World War II uh, National Museum of History. Wow. And is thought of as being – and is actually celebrated by our military as she should, she should be because she served in World War II. She was honorably discharged in December 1946, born in the Bronx, by the way. And one of the things is, like, we could talk about this person and we could talk about what they did in history and what it means. But this kind of thing makes people very uncomfortable because they don't know how to talk about it. I think largely because they equate someone's sexual desire to perversion or they they equate transness to perversion. Yeah, or predatory. Or predatory yeah, I, in I general. totally agree with you, yeah. And so they kind of are relying on the old Anita Bryant tactic, right? And they're trying to relying on that old script of thinking. And I just think as adults if you don't if you don't like something, you should just come out and say it. You know, I told you about that Canadian Nazi that I saw talking about his beliefs. Yes, yes, I remember. Yes, I'll, yes. So I'll repeat the story. I was watching this this video of this guy, and he's debating a Canadian Nazi. And this Canadian Nazi is a white supremacist who also believes in universal health care. By the way, but he. <laughs> Basically, he said is, he goes, listen, everybody thinks I'm a monster. I understand why people think I'm a monster. I only want to be around white people. Why am I hated for that? That's basically the argument that he was making. Okay. Now, something that I, uh, I was initially like, oh, bro, I'm so sorry for you that you feel that way. But then two, there's a certain amount of, of earnestness in what he is saying, which is refreshing in the sense that he is being totally transparent yes. about what his desire yeah, exactly. is. Yeah. I would expect the people at the Kennewick School District Board of Directors to do the same thing. We don't want to talk about gay people. We don't want to talk about trans people because it makes us uncomfortable. Now we're having an adult conversation. We're now we're not hiding behind our cowardice of being labeled because we don't want to be called bigots. Be a man about it or be a woman about it. Like, who was that mayor who canceled the LGBTQ festival? Who was that guy? Oh, I'm not sure. Remember we talked about yeah, this? Yeah, but I can't remember what city it was. And then we invited him on the show, and he was too much of a oh, coward. Oh, it was a smaller, smaller city in Washington. Yeah, he was yeah, too much of yeah, a yeah, coward yeah. to come on. Who was that, Laura? In the Tri-Cities? Uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure, but we invited him on to talk about it, and he said he was going on vacation, and that right. when he came back, he was going to be very busy working on his administrative duties. Right. I just wanted to have him on so that he could just say, I don't like trans people. Because if he had said that, it would have been a lot more transparent, and then we can actually talk about the issue right. versus whatever you know, uh, clandestine or surreptitious or cowardly way people want to address these issues. Right? Well, they they want to instill fear of, of the community that they want to exclude from. And, and with well, I, don't, to, I don't track instill fear. I don't I don't track. Well, when 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 the communities of Eastern Washington, which I think these three different school districts are, they don't want to be, have their kids taught about the contributions of LGBTQ plus. In, in our state history is what what this issue basically is right they're they're afraid that their kids are gonna uh, uh, i've lost my train of thought 
No, is it? I know. I, I'm following you. You're, are you worried? Is it like the Anita Bryant thing, or if you teach kids about gay people in well, history, when then you they portray will... that community as unnatural, as predatory, as oversexualized, yes. yeah, 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 and they're and they are taught that these and, and these communities are portrayed that way. Uh, as pejoratively to to get people to vote against that point of view, right? Now and say, look, these people—you don't want these people in your community. You don't want them around your kids. You know, drag queen story hour. Why do you want to trust a like woman to, and stand in front of kids? You gotta, to, it's it's to, pretty to be, predatory. To be fair, though, the the people at the pride parades who are wearing man thongs and shaking that yeah, there, there's an a, there's an element of the gay community expression bad. that is clearly adult and shouldn't be for an all ages audience. Right. I'm, I'm with you there. So I think that in some ways you could have a lot of sympathy for the Kennewick School District saying how you know what I mean because it's such a difficult tap topic yeah, yeah, to navigate. And I, I can have sympathy for parents who don't want my kids, I want all my kids to, to be exposed to this or even learn about this. I don't want to do it at home. I don't want my school doing it against my right. wishes. Yeah, which is it, which is funny because you know, like when we talk about just as an for instance, when we talk about like the Catholic Church, everybody understands that the Catholic Church is just wrought with sexual abuse, right? It's and we, and we far talk about, too much evidence to ignore it. it yeah. Right, and we talk about it openly, and we discuss it as adults, and then there are Catholics who come out and they condemn it, and but we don't condemn Catholicism as a whole, right? Right. right. However, when there is some loon bag who's a member of the LGBTQ community who does something awful and abhorrent, what people say is, that's what those people want. I would never say that about Catholics. I got pe- members of my own family who are devout Catholics. I told you about they go on a Wednesday. They're so Catholic, they go on a Wednesday. Yeah. Right? Can't get so, enough of it on the weekend, so, you bet. But there is this sick generalization that I think that the Kennewick School District is engaging in where they say, if we talk about someone like Christine Jorgensen, or we talk about someone like Harvey Milk, or we talk about someone like, oh, I don't know, um, uh, any of the other uh, Candy Darling, any of these other kind of gay icons, from mm-hmm. the, or, or Brock Hudson, you name it. If we talk about any of these people, then this is somehow a tacit endorsement of the aspects of the LGBT community that we don't like, right. which is, you know, it is ignorant and also very sad. But I just want people to say what they mean, not this like that what this statement from them, you know, the state commissions pushing sexual agendas in politics and subverting the vote of the local community. Just say you don't like gay people, and then we can have that debate. Well, right? I think this, there's just such a cultural difference in what the city of Seattle's community-wise, you know, pro, whatever. It's different on this side of the mountains than it is on that side of the mountains. You know, from a, it's a more traditional, more reserved, mm-hmm. more conservative point of view in certain areas of, of our state. There are gay conservatives, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not <laughs> saying there aren't, but the, but, com- the community itself yeah, of, I, of Eastern conservative, Eastern Washington, yeah. you know, Heterosexual, family-oriented, whatever it may be, whatever antiquated or comfortable, safe, familiar lifestyle that they're used to. Right. They don't want the open-minded, wild, wild west of the western half of the state's curriculum, you know, uh, parameters. Right. To be forced into their community. They want to have control over the, what their kids are taught in school. I can understand why they oh, need I, to feel I, that I way. I get it as well. But I, my, but my I think only, your point, because they, yeah. they're generalizing that this is a bad thing to teach kids. Right. These are bad people to, exp- to expose your kid to. Right. The generalizations are horrible. Yeah. And I, I think that part of the thing that we could do to solve this is if people let down their barriers around the issue and we're just totally upfront about it. Well, we all, then we'd have to stop the parade of misinformation and, yeah. and, and stereotypical villainif- vilification of these communities. Yeah. Laura, you looked at me like you had a thought. Oh, I had a thought, which was that I just watched uh, Priscilla and Elvis also uh, started dating a, you know, 16-year-old. So. Oh, the, uh, Priscilla, the Elvis Presley. Yes. Yeah, Priscilla Presley. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. right. And we talk about Elvis Presley. 
openly. Brett Gailey was the mayor, by the way. Okay, yeah, so I did find it. That was, we invited Brett Gailey on to say, why are you canceling Pride Parade? And Brett Gailey. Was it Tri-Cities? Lake Stevens. Lake Stevens. Oh, sorry. sorry, Right, our side, Lake Stevens. Brett Gailey didn't want to come on. Had to go on vacation. Had to come right back, getting back to administrative duties. So Brett Gailey could release a statement to the public, but couldn't talk to the public. Did talk to Jason Rance. Did talk to Jason Rance. My friend Jason Rance, by the way, yeah. but doesn't want to talk to me. I'm a nice guy. I'm a nice Famously. human being. Famously. I nice. donate money to the Nazi party. <laughs> right? That's open-minded, people. It's the definition of open-minded. <laughs> Andrew, I think we might get in trouble for that drop. But I, you can keep using it. I, all right, we'll take a really quick break. We'll be right back right after this. $40 is the new standard for airline baggage fees. Hey, by the way, you can go to our YouTube channel, The Jack and Spike Show, and you can actually see our digital exclusive content. Laura, what videos are going up today? I saw one was Joe Biden falling downstairs. We did a play-by-play of Joe Biden, and the other one will be what? Uh, we've got, well, it's not digital exclusive, I guess. It's the, <laughs> the segment from yesterday where we were talking about, should you bribe a cop? Oh, uh, yes. When yeah. I said that we should be able to bribe officers And, and of if the you look law. at the digital, you can see him say it with a straight face. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's what the video brings. The, yeah, the, the audio doesn't go. bring. Yeah. I, but, You'll be hearing from me. <laughs> thank you, Mr. <laughs> thank President. Thank you, Mr. President. <laughs> so $40 is a new standard for online baggage fees. Uh, this is the thing. I, I have to get on a plane in... Five hours. And so we've been in this weird conundrum for the last couple of days where I didn't know if I could bring on two carry-ons or one carry-on or whatever it might what be. What qualifies as a carry-on anymore? You what get a, qualifies? If you were a woman you, or a person with a purse, I don't want to be you know, gender restrictive, you can carry on a, a one, one carry-on and a personal bag. Right. And how big is that personal bag? How big can it be? Can it be the size of a yoga mat? These are all important questions that inquiring minds want to know. My thing is, is that I enjoy airports. I am a big fan of airports. I'm weird like that. You, that's that's different. Well, but here's the thing. I don't enjoy the first fifth of an airport. The first fifth of an is, airport. Is that the up up to the curb that and is walking the curb through the ticket? To the security okay. is literally, to me, I am in the matrix, right? I am, yeah. it is, because it's so carceral and it is so regulated. Mm-hmm. It's so intensely, it, it is... It's, Beyond humans are not meant to exist like that, like cattle. We don't do well in those circumstances. Right. I, I agree with you. So there. I don't do well in those circumstances. Yeah, yeah. So I begin to shut down. So basically mm. what will happen is I'll get dropped off by the Uber driver. I'll say, bye, mom. And then I'll walk in immediately in the, the doors will open to mm. Alaska because I only fly Alaska. Smart man. And then I will immediately hold my hand up and I'll say, I need an adult. <laughs> I need an adult now, please. And then one of the nice little Filipino ladies will come over from and Alaska, and they'll, and they'll she'll care take, for you. She'll take my hand right. and she'll walk me over to checking Good for you because I will have a full emotional breakdown. Oh. And then I'll get into the security line, and then it's the second that I actually get through the beep beep, and then I get go through. Then all of a sudden, all of my IQ points will come back to me. Okay, but yeah. for that first fifth. I go right down to Forrest Gump levels. You know what I mean? I'm right. Your sum is Gump. That's where I'm going to be. <laughs> you're you getting this line. Right. You're, you're exactly. Over here. I, I don't know what happens. A lot of people feel that way, bud. Because that's where the security has to happen. 
We have to, you know, these days we have to fly safe. We have to be checked for everything. We can't carry more than whatever ounces of liquid, yeah. whatever it is under a plane. They got to screen everything, get your laptop out, open them, take your shoes off. Smile for the camera. Right. Know, it could be a yeah. thumbprint. Yeah. Some... Once you get your shoes back on. And yes. you're through security, and right? <laughs> you're, you've passed every test. Your and bags are Suddenly good. there's restaurants with chairs you could sit in. Yes. You know, yeah. It, it's a lot easier once you get through security. I, to- I totally understand. And that. then I'll enjoy it. But for the for, for the next, since, since we're going to sign off in three minutes, and then for the next three hours, my life will be filled with nothing but dread. I will just be dreading every moment. I know you're going down to see friends, right? Uh, and down in the going down to the sunshine. I am going to see friends. Yeah, and it's nice. I'm glad. I'm glad you're doing that. I'm gonna miss Doctor Z though, because Doctor Z is gonna be in different location when I'm in that location. Dang. So that's gonna be sad. And but, by the way, the forty bucks that's not Alaska's not doing that to you. That's American Airlines Jack and their carry on rate. Exactly. To, check bag price to forty bucks. Right. But since airlines are lemmings by nature, everyone's once somebody gets that threshold of forty, mm-hmm. everybody's gonna start doing it. It's coming for everybody. I am going to do this thing though when I get on that Alaska flight, I'm going to be I'm going to be tapping the tapping the panel. Thing. Oh, that that side door, the door plug. I'm going to be saying, "Is this one of the uh oh, is it, I don't suppose there's a uh wiggle it a little bit. Yeah, wiggle it a little bit. You're going to lean yeah. on it extra heavy before there you pull might, back. I mean, there might be a little Stress bit test of it. try come a little bit of a donkey kick against you that think, thing <laughs> trying to see if it's going to John t- Curley. You think yeah. they're oh no. <laughs> you think they're t- you think they're getting a lot of the jokes? You think the Screw staff yourself. on Alaska Airlines Screw yourself. Oh my gosh. Do you think Alaska's getting a lot of lot of Ribbing, friendly if friendly intended ribbing. Well, I'm on their sure flights. that the, I'm sure that the flight attendants have started incorporating that into the bit where they're yeah. like, oh. if your door panel flies off, remain seated. Right, right? keep that seatbelt on at all times because you never know when a fresh new opening is going to pop out. There you for go. You. Did you book a window seat? I did book a window seat, first class, baby. That oh is fine. I thought it was class. open. <laughs> it was open actually. It was incredibly cheap, wow. which is why I got it. Good it, for you. It, it Good was, for you. Would have put your faith in the system. It was so cheap that I was. Like, like, <laughs> why is it this cheap? I was a little suspicious. I was like, is this the one where the door plug is supposed to go? Is that why this one is so cheap? All right, everybody. A plus, uh, Andrew, excellent job. Nate Connors, salmon pink today. Yeah, that's right, buddy. Iron and everything. Killing it in the fashion game. Laura, A plus. Spike, you gave you a solid C plus today. Thanks, you did a pretty buddy. good job, I buddy. I appreciate you, my friend. Here's your quote of the day. Nice shooting, son. What's your name? It has to be sounding Gregorian chant. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Right. I made millions.